Welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. And Amy, we've got another random chart placing for you, and we are number four in Vietnam. Yay! <laughs> uh, you, you wouldn't know, man. You weren't there. No, no I'm, I'm interested who's been downloading us in Vietnam. Is it? I'm assuming you have to have some downloads to be on the chart at all. Yeah, it's not many. Uh, there's only like five on the chart. <laughs> Fair but, enough. You know, I'll take it, I'll take it. Um, coming up on this episode, we'll be talking a little bit more about running films. Uh, we'll, we've got an extremely Welsh guest for you. And we also have no idea which races were actually entered into. So that's coming up on the episode. Amy, what have you been up to? So I've got back into running after the great fall of uh, 2020. I've got a nice little dramatic. sort of, yeah, very dramatic. I've got a nice scar still on my knee uh, from that. But the scab is all gone now, if anyone's interested in keeping up Did to date. Did you pick it? I picked it towards the end just because it was yeah, you got to pick it. I know, it was a good scab. Uh, so I've got like a little bit of a scar going on there. But then after that, I got another, I've had like several colds over lockdown, which you wouldn't think. Fucking hell. I, well, you what is wrong with your immune system? Get an immune system, bro. It's worrying because you think with all this hand washing and face mask wearing, you wouldn't get a seasonal cold. But I had a pretty nasty seasonal cold. Like it wasn't actual cold. It was very, you know, they say if you've got a dry cough, you've got COVID. Well, this cough wasn't dry. It was very, very wet. Um, <laughs> very <laughs> nice. Uh, so I had cool. that for a week as well. So I'm back into running and I'm back at the gym as well. Oh thing. no, I'm sorry to hear uh, that. You know what? I went to the news. gym for the first time a couple of weeks ago since lockdown began. So since like, probably since February actually. Um, and I was aching for the entire week after that. And because it's yeah. everyone's first time back at the gym, you know, we're doing a lot of volume rather than lifting heavy. So it's a lot of like cardio style stuff. Mm-hmm. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Um, but I went to the gym yesterday as well and then I did a hill session this morning. So I'm just like a glutton for punishment, I think. That was difficult. Very difficult. Back on it. Yeah, I'm back on it. I'm back on the grind, man, as the the kids would say. (laughs) Do they? Probably back in like 2002. (laughs) How how's your week, two weeks, fortnight theme? I've got a a vaguely Amy-style story, but it's not strictly running related it was walking but that's you know that's outside of moving so that's fine um i was in keridigion in uh holly's little village and we were just going for a walk with her mum and we just looked up the road and there's this man doing the most comedy uh drunken stagger that you have ever seen like we didn't think it was real because it was like you know taking two steps left two steps right one forward two left two right he was all over the place and we're like is that is that really a man staggering? Because I thought only bad actors did that kind of thing. And then he fell into the side of the road against the wall in a ditch and his legs are just sticking out into the road. So we're like, okay, fine. So we get up to him and we're like, you're right. He's like looking at me vaguely. I've, I've had quite a lot to drink. Yeah, yeah, we can see that. Where do you live? And oh, just up the hill there. Oh, great. So we had to like walk him all the way home. I kind of pulled him up. But then you've got this weird thing. Like, I wanted to go and pull him up. But you kind of wonder, oh, should I be touching him? But then mm-hmm. it's a drunk man who needs to go home. Yeah, of course I need to touch him. So pulled him up and, like, picked his bag up for him, turned around, and he's fallen over again. Oh, God. Pick him up again and, like, walk him down the road. And he's talking about how he's been at the Friday club with his mates. And, oh, it's a lovely pub. You should really go there. I'm like, well, perhaps they shouldn't have let you walk home if they're that lovely. Um, 
and then we got to the, towards the end and there was just this really steep hill to get up to his house or we assume was his house he said it was um and he was like up the steep hill but like leaning backwards walking up the hills so i'm like right get behind him hand behind him like pushing him up the hill trying not to falling into the wall again and eventually kind of well, he went into a house so like he was indoors he was safe it wasn't our problem anymore frankly but that was that was very funny because i've never seen someone that drunk but still moving as well as he was in a way because usually someone would just be flat out and he was just like oh, i'm sorry really sorry about this i'm usually very friendly i'm like well you're being very friendly you just can't really remember anything that we've said and like, he'll have no idea how he got home no. as well because he was so drunk he'll have no idea that these three people kind of randomly pushed him home what time so was, was it was it like 11 a.m um, <laughs> five o'clock in the evening Jesus. So he'd, he'd been drinking all afternoon, bless him. Bless him. Friday Club, that's what Friday Club does to you. That's what it's all about, yeah. Um, <laughs> also been doing quite a bit of trail running. I led a trail run yesterday, that was quite fun. We kind of pitched it for our club for people that hadn't really done much trail running or perhaps none at all, so that was kind of a good kind of introduction kind of trail running session. Obviously everyone moaned up all the hills as they always do and that's fine, I don't care. Uh, but everyone seemed to enjoy it, so hopefully there's a few people that will do a bit more. I did think there'll probably be a few people who never, ever run trails again, because where there's trails, there's hills, inevitably, and people always moan about hills. But, you know, that's what they're there for, to moan about. And also did some really amazing trail canacross last Thursday, and that was on World Suicide Prevention Day. And that was to remember our clubmate, Gavin Pugh, who took his life last year. Uh, we did a really big event last year with a couple of hundred people. I think we probably talked about it. And this year, obviously, I had to go virtual. But there were people all over the UK, actually, I think in different parts of the world as well, uh, all running and remembering um, people that have been close to them. And just, yeah, and as we tweeted on that day for World Suicide Prevention Day, it's kind of a something to not complain about for that day. That was just something to get out and just enjoy a run and enjoy being, being outside. Mm-hmm. And also, just trail can across. He's amazing. Any kind of um, canacross running, like running with William, it makes running like 20, I'm going to say 15, 20% easier. Like my heart rate going up a really steep hill can be 20 or 30 BPM lower than what it usually would be. It makes it so much easier. But the problem is with Strava's relative effort, it only goes by heart rate and time. So if your heart rate is much lower, it gives you a really low relative effort. So I've, I ran like 10 miles the other week with William. And it gave me like a relative effort of running like a moderately paced 5k. So that's ruining my stats a little bit. That's the problem. I'm still absolutely, I'm just, just as knackered at the end. But Strava uh, is not doing good things for my graph. You'll have so to just leave him at home. Me. Yeah, you can't take him anymore. If it's ruining Strava, then you've got to leave him Well, you home. can edit it. You can just override it and say it was harder than it was. So yeah. I just do that. I haven't, been on, <laughs> I haven't been on a run with Pip since the fall. So I nearly went out the other day, but I haven't quite built up the, I, I don't know, like I'm a clumsy person anyway. So, cause yeah. that was my fault. Falling over wasn't Pip's fault. She just made it all the more painful when I fell cause I was going much faster. But I really want to do like trail canny cross with her eventually, but I know I'm going to fall over all the time. I don't know whether I can take the risk. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, being pulled down a hill through yeah. the woods by a dog is terrifying because I'm good downhills, I can go fast downhills, but when you've got something pulling you, you're not in full control of it, and it is, you have to think so fast. Yeah, which is why I'm clumsy, because I can't think fast, so I just... Yeah, generally I can't. ...fall over. I think she'd just be dragging me along. I've got this vision of uh, her dragging me along through leaves in a forest somewhere, you know? (laughs) Just like the entire way. I don't think she's that strong. (laughs) 
she's bloody strong. You know what? She looks like skinny, and when you pick her up, she's this light little thing. But when she's pulling you along when she's running, she's very strong. <laughs> Stronger than you think. There's also an odd thing that this week has turned up for me in the post, because we've been buying various things for an upcoming episode, we perhaps will trail a little bit later, but I cannot work out where this has come from. Basically, it's a toe pad to go in shoes, uh, it sits under the ball of your foot, and it's kind of black, egg-shaped, it's got a you know, slightly sticky bottom, but the top of it is kind of, the bit that kind of connects through your toes and around your foot is kind of black lacy, and like the little thing it came on is shows it's for women's shoes. So it came to me, to my address, with my name on, but it's exactly the kind of thing I would need because I do have uh, painful um, balls of my feet and my toes do ache after runs. But I cannot work out, because I, I haven't bought this, Holly hasn't bought this, I can't work out who knows that my toes hurt this much and would buy something, but buy something wrong and send it to me without saying. I'm really confused by it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I think it's, you know, Facebook or whoever listening in and then some company sent it to you as like a marketing company. But that's it's my, for women's shoes. That's my conspiracy theory. It's not like you run a specific one. <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre. Are you sure you didn't sleep by it or something in the night? No, I've, I've checked all through my emails. I've done all the keywords it could have been. Where's it and from? And I cannot it, work it out. Has it got a receipt? I don't know. No, no idea. It just came in a little plastic envelope. That's weird. So, yeah, that's, that's my, my mystery toe pad. Well, we're sending your conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, if that was you. But then who who out there knows my address and would send me that? I don't understand. Okay, fine. Well, maybe it's some sort of threat. Somebody's going to come I'll try and get over it before I, start, before I start like pinning bits of paper to my wall with red bits of string and pins, because <laughs> that's where this could end up. Amy, uh, let's talk about the last episode. Uh, we're catching up. Uh, running films again, of course. People talking about Chariots of Fire. Because I went, and we went on Twitter and say, like, what is it about Chariots of Fire? It's not really a very good film. Bloke that plods at Just Pete said, both films of the time, Chariots is an Oscar winner. And he says, I can't wait for the review of The Running Man. I looked up, Chariots of Fire won Best Picture Oscar. <laughs> and that is unbelievable. I can, I can get, it might get soundtrack or, you know, design or whatever. But Best Picture, I mean, it was up against Atlantic City, On Golden Pond, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Reds. I haven't heard of three of those. Mm, me neither. Raiders of the Lost Ark, films like that don't tend to win Oscars, do they? They're the big no. budget kind of action adventure films. Uh, I think they're looked down upon a little bit. Mm. But yeah, I, I cannot believe that must have been a bad year for films. I get the of its time thing because more generally yeah. they're just running films, but there's films that I remember watching at the time. And then when you look back and watch them, you think that's shit because they are of the time and then you get the timeless classics that are always going to be good but you don't know they're a timeless classic until time has moved on so I, I get it I get it maybe if you watched it at the time it would have seemed like a good film and same with um, what what personal best I watched wasn't it uh, like that is that was, a timeless classic no it's not a timeless classic but uh, some people might think so but I don't think it is but at the time that had like insanely good reviews I just, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, at Atonement666 said, I do like Chariots of Fire, but the points raised were valid. I see it has a critical look, uh, albeit very soft and whimsical, especially by the standards of a modern critique on the topics such as professional sport, jingoism, pri privilege, God and country, and not a celebration of them at all. I mean, yeah, okay, I, I guess I see that. I think in my mind i just had it as a running film the quintessential iconic running film and it's just not that so perhaps i approached it a bit wrong 
um, yeah. and at just Pete. So the film looks dated, as in the technical aspects, but the story is valid, as it is about the privilege of the time, beliefs, and still training your knackers off, which is actually, that was a good part of it. Yeah, I can imagine if you're doing A-level film studies and looking back at it, then you <laughs> you might pull out those things, you know? But I think as it's a film in itself, it's just, just shit, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> Of about the rivalry and about the time, I'd like to see a good version of that film. Yeah. <laughs> between Little and Abrahams. That would be interesting to see a good version of it. Yeah. Uh, Graham Hackland says, I had no intention of ever watching Personal Best, but after Amy's review, I'm definitely going to. I can imagine that certain people would love to watch that film now. Like I said, if you're into like muscly toned women and lots of close ups oh. and basically what's the soft core porn of that, knock yourself out. Yeah, I might watch it. Yeah, watch it. But if you're wanting a story <laughs> and actually knowing what's going on in that story, then then probably not the film for you. Basically, it has its audience. Uh, Victoria Dick on Facebook said, It's all relative. Reminds me of my first marathon. I travelled there with a friend. When I'd finished, he introduced me to one of his clubmates who I knew of but had never talked to. I knew he was a properly fast runner, but not much more. When he heard my time, he said, four hours 20, I've never run for that long. I was mortified, but he meant that he had no idea how someone could run for that long, or at least that's his story now. I've heard that a lot from, like, uh, you know, elite athletes as well, and just people who are very fast. When they hear how how long it takes for certain people to run a marathon, they're like, that's insane, because I couldn't maintain running for that long. I think yeah. there is something about that, of being on your, you know, like in ultras, it's t- about time on feet, of being on your feet for four hours, 20 minutes. That's sort of a skill in itself, isn't it? That's a long time, yeah. And as I replied on Twitter, you know, it's the... I replied on Facebook, I think. Um, it's people that do marathons in seven, eight hours. They are hard as nails. Because yeah. that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In terms of time on feet, that's nuts. It's all, that's why it's all relative. Like, it's hard to run a really fast marathon. It's also hard to run one that takes you five, six, seven hours just because you're mm. out there for so long, you know? Yeah. And speaking of which, um, uh, our club mate Becca yesterday ran the Vale of Glamorgan Ultra Marathon, even though it wasn't on, but she just went and did it anyway for a little bit of a banter ultra. <laughs> Spent like, I think it was overall 10 and a half hours, but nine hours of actual running um, to do it in and just like on her own with some people running with her and people and her boyfriend Chris supporting her but that was incredible and watching the video of her finish like how is she running so fast it really upset me like how fast she was running after like 10 hours that 10 hours is good for that I think I did that route in 12 hours and by the end of it I was falling asleep literally falling asleep on my feet I've never felt anything like it of my eyes dropping as I was running so, you know, and those people that are finishing in seven, eight hours, whatever, you know, less than that, they'll be hurting in different ways. You know, it's yeah. all, all relative. <laughs> but just going out for a banter ultra. I, oh, I just think for shiggles. I, I, like, I like that other people do it, but I'm not sure I'm quite up for my, myself. No, I've got to have like a medal, a t-shirt and a what was last, last time, a vegan pie. They were amazing. They had oh. vegan pies at the end. This was the Vogue They had vegan pies. Made of real end. vegans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no one seemed to want them because I think when people hear the word vegan, they think there's something strange in it or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I got to take like pretty much all of them home because I was one of the last nice. finishers and there was all these pies left. <laughs> and for days afterwards, I was just eating pies. They were so good. They were so tasty. 
Very so, boots, nice. Yeah, that was like the highlight of the vocal for me was the vegan pies at the end. Amazing. <laughs> We're going to jump straight in uh, with our guest this week, and it's someone whose Twitter videos we have absolutely loved over the last few months. And as he's a runner with a Welsh accent, that basically fulfills all of our criteria to have him on the podcast. So now we're joined by a man who finished sixth at the World Indoor Championships and toured the world as a guitarist, but has now become Twitter famous for shouting in the woods around Llanelli. We're speaking to Jimmy Watkins, and welcome to the show. Hello, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, now, it feels like you've been everywhere this year, like news, blogs and podcasts. So we're very glad you could be with us to go over it all one more time. Um, okay. I, I think it just shows what a great story that you have. And if you don't mind, you know, we'd love to hear a reasonably brief version of how you moved from the track to the stage to the sofa and then Twitter fame. Uh, right. From the track to the stage was... Um, just fed up of athletics, just absolutely fed up of it. I lost the love for it. I was 25 years old, so I was chasing some kind of freedom. So I thought I'll join a rock band. There's probably le- less drugs in music than there is in track and field, so I'll do that. Um, and then I ended up touring the world, playing in a rock band, and then I got really unhealthy, stopped looking after myself. And I thought, oh, I need to get healthy again. This is silly. So I started running again. And then while I was running, I just thought, well, running on his own is quite boring. I need to do something exciting while I'm running. So I just, me and my friend started a thing, me and my friend Rodri started a thing called Running Punks. And then I started running, listening to music. Mm. That's it in a nutshell, a small nutshell. So back to the beginning there, you were, you were an international athlete, you said that. You were in the World Indoor Championships doing 800 metres. Yes. And then you decided at 25, kind of pretty much coming into your peak, I would guess, you decided, I think- Meh not really for me yeah kind of um i loved it for i didn't do it for long i only i think i was only a track and field runner for maybe like five years mm. i loved it while i was like uh like almost like the underdog and then as soon as all this pressure got put on me and expectations i was like didn't want to forget this i'm off i'm off to hide in the dark somewhere on a stage but um yeah i just i just fell out of love with it and then you got the opportunity to, as I've read in other places, you got to join your favourite band. Yes. I mean, who does that happen to? Um, it's bizarre. Prob- <laughs> probably someone in the Beano and me. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's, it's pretty um, Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, when is the series being made? <laughs> um, as soon as they can find someone who looks like me, they'll start filming. I think it's the accent <laughs> they'll have to pick up. That'll be the, the yeah. tricky one there. <laughs> yeah. So you went all over the world um but that was quite a fairly unhealthy lifestyle and again it was something that you decided again it's just not working for you anymore and then you stopped doing that as well yeah um i think uh i I think i stopped running because it just i wanted to feel a sense of freedom and Mm -hmm. i just wanted to do what i want without any rules and then after a few years in a band, I figured that rules were there for a reason <laughs> to, uh, to, to keep you looking after yourself and stop you behaving like a dickhead. And I was definitely becoming a bit of a dickhead. And um, yeah, the music came to an end. And I, I still do music now, but like not on the same level. Mm-hmm. I do it with mates and we don't really gig much. Uh, and then, yeah, it took for me to leave the band to realise I was in terrible shape. Like I was so overweight and so unhealthy. It was ridiculous. And so you decided to have a go at running again, just kind of, just something for yourself. Yeah, it was, um, uh, it's, a, it's a weird one. Cause like, 
I knew that I was overweight and I knew that something needed to be done about it, but it seemed like such a daunting task. It really did. And it was something I kind of couldn't face up to until I saw uh, a picture of myself as an athlete, because there's no pictures here in the house of me running. Um, but my wife got me one of those. I saw a picture and then I saw a video of me running at the World Championships, which I'd never seen. And I realized that it wasn't that I'd put a lot of weight on. It was that, that just that good version of myself had gone. Mm. And all of a sudden it became so easy to do. I, I just thought, well, it's not about burning calories, getting rid of the beer belly. It's just about getting back to that happier version of Jimmy. And then yeah. it became quite easy then. It became quite easy. I'd say, well, it's a good approach. It's a, it's a better way to uh, begin running is just by trying to be a happier version of yourself. But you yeah. never watched that world championship race. No, never, never. I mean, I was there. I was yeah. there and I watched it and it was nothing like I remembered it. It was nothing like I told a million people in pubs. I told, I've been telling people for years that I was winning it all the way around and I got dipped on the line pretty much, but um, I led for maybe five strides and <laughs> I came a distance six. Hey, it still counts. You're, you're at the front. <laughs> I was there. I was there and I, I gave her a good go. And watching it was, it was really good. It was really good to watch because um, it put... It kind of put a lot of closure on a past life in a way mm. and i the first time i felt really proud of what i'd done uh, because when i stopped running to do the music i definitely lived with a sense of regret for a mm. while that i could have done better uh, i could have been a better athlete uh, and watching that made me realize you know what you gave her a good go and there's nothing there to be ashamed about and for some people that would be a highlight of their career. So I thought, why can't it be the highlight of mine? So yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. And yeah, it just made me feel, just the whole thing just made me feel better about myself. And I knew what I was and I knew that that person was still there. So it, it just, I hate using the term journey. Loads of running fans <laughs> hate using that term, but it was a bit of a journey then. Yeah. So what was that first run like when you, you decided to give it a go again? Did you have that back of your mind like, well, I can still do this. This should be easy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I um, I put my I waited I waited until it was dark, um, because I wanted my hangover to go, and mm. I didn't have any running kit, so I had to wear a tracksuit, like a full um, like flannel. I don't even know what material it was. Like yeah. it was, it wasn't something nice. heavy and thick and not not breathable, not technical material. Yeah, it was like they made the the first Rocky film on an even lower budget. That's nice. what it was like. Uh, so I waited till it was dark, and then I went out and. I, I knew roughly about the one mile mark and we passed in a petrol station that had a coffee machine and chocolate. So I took a 10 pound note with me yeah. thinking if I, if I can make it there, I'll just eat loads of chocolate and drink coffee. But I, I went past there and the first run was all right, to be honest. The first run was okay. Um, it was then like, maybe like it got hard after a week when I realized I was doing it all wrong. Cause I was like, <laughs> just running flat out. <laughs> and I thought, this is not realistic. I can't run this fast every day. Yeah, that's not how it works generally. No, no. But you'd be surprised people don't know that. Again, did you perhaps still have that elite mindset of you have to run hard every time and that's the way you improve? Because it's quite an old school way of training, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like if you want to be a boxer, you think you just have to get hit in the face enough times so it doesn't hurt anymore. And I think some people think if you just run fast every day, you'll get faster. And I was definitely like, I think I never really did 5Ks but I knew I could run 15 minutes back in the day quite comfortably. Ooh. So I was like, why am I only running 26 minutes now? What's going on? <laughs> it was just a weird, weird place to exist in, like being 10 years older and a lot heavier. 
yes, yeah, a long gap. And again, from that, the level you were to where you, where you got to. Um, and that kind of led to you setting up your own group. Yeah. Uh, well, the group came much later towards okay. the end of the year. Yeah, much later. Kind of around, it was my friend Rodri's idea. Um, and that it kind of started maybe around the summer. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't really get him moving until October, November. So, yeah. But <clears throat> the group just came from, like, I was inspiring him. He used to be in a band and he was running. So my journey inspired him and he just said, look, we, there's something happening here and we could build a little community around this. And, like, he he deserves all the credit because I couldn't see it because I'm quite, mm-hmm. I just, not that I'm selfish. Oh, no, I'm definitely, I'm not selfish, but I just, I kind of focus on my own problems and I'm mm-hmm. like, how are these problems going to relate to anybody else other than yeah. my messed up brain? But he was like, there's something there. You, you like just how much weight you've lost, how much you've improved. People will latch onto that and it will motivate them. So that's what we have. That's what happened. Okay. So it's the running punks. <clears throat> running punks. Yeah. Running so is punks. that, uh, I guess that's kind of musical reference there as well. Back to your, your kind of uh, odd career. You got it. You got it. So why is it different to other running clubs? What makes it special as a group? Um, I don't know. I I don't think it is special. I think I mean, there's, I think there's lots of running clubs out there that will be really similar. Mm-hmm. I just think the one thing we've got is that I run and review music and put it online. That's definitely something I've invented. Mm-hmm. That's an invention of mine. Yeah. Um, so that that sets us apart. The like, I guess that's a, a unique way to recruit new runners. Mm-hmm. Like so many people get in touch after seeing that. Um, but apart from that, I think it's just like an, like most run clubs, but we just run slow and, yeah. you know, I've, I've run with clubs before and they definitely don't all wait for the slowest person, but we, we definitely do that. Um, and we take breaks and take, if there's any graffiti on a wall, we'll have a photo next to it. Excellent. A lot more of a, a social running group rather than a club. It's much more about bringing people together and doing yeah. something rather than running and improving and performance and all that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, it's like a social club. And I think due to the nature that someone will see me run into an album and I'll end up talking about things to do with peace and love, people will think, oh, this is quite an open group I can chat to. Yeah. Um, I can definitely go there with problems. And I think maybe that's what sets us apart. Is, is, it is a running club, but we do chat quite like mm. with people I don't really know well. We will have quite deep conversations from the off. So maybe that's what sets it apart a little bit. It's a place to be honest. I've always said that about uh, running clubs. It's kind of a great uh, way to get in with people. Because even if you think, well, I've got nothing to talk to this person about. If you're running together, you can talk about doing the running. And if you the same with things like park run, I can go with any park runner in the world and have at least a 10 minute conversation with them about where they've run and what they're going to do. And it's just, and from that, you can then draw in other things. Yeah, totally. And I think running in this... Something I can feel when I run, and I think it happens to a lot of people, is it kind of almost dissolves you. Like you just, you don't become such a solid block of human meat. You mm. become like you open. I become more open to things. Um, like particularly when I'm listening to music, I would be, I will tune into things that I would have probably ignored at home. And I think people just feel like this weightless. Like yeah, that's what it is. They feel lighter. They feel mm. a bit weightless. And it's easy to share stuff when you're like that. I don't really know. It's like you're not aware of your body. So you're not a way of like shame and being embarrassed to stuff. You just go for it and you, yeah. you chat nonsense. And we'll be back with Jimmy a bit later on. 
You can support this podcast by heading to patreon.com forward slash running is BS and throwing some money at us. And that's how you also buy a sexy running is BS buff. And if you're a $5 supporter, I've prepared something very special for you this week on the theme of Charity Fire. Emma Davies, Tim Hughes, Amanda Marie Hind, Lisa Gibbon, Julia Page, Victoria Dick, Brian Simpson, Elliot Line, Maria Wicks, Madly Simon Ross. Clark Gilmore, Kirk Shepard, Nikki Genders, Hugh Phillips, Rob Smith, Jay Matt Garner. That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Amazing, beautiful, Enjoyed inspired. It. <laughs> and there we go. And I nominate Amy to do something similar next time. Think of a song, Amy. Sing some names to it. Well, I think I do another scene on this podcast, but okay, I'll, I'll give it a go. I was something a bit extra for our Patreon supporters because I love them all That's that much. Almost certainly not going to work out. I'm going to have to do it myself. <laughs> on to your messages. Uh, we heard from at Matty War on Twitter. He says, 46 quid for the bath half is BS enough. But now you pay a £25 deposit to enter a ballot and you can only get the refund minus the booking fee even though if you don't get in, you technically haven't booked anything. Choose your local club half instead. £46 for a half marathon is a lot. And, you know, no disrespect to the bath half, it's not a big one. It's not like one of the ones on everyone's bucket list. I'm sure it's lovely. Bath is a lovely place. But 46 quid for a half... I think for Bath my uh, half, you run two loops, which is always... Because Bath is a city, it's it's beautiful and, and... I think if it wasn't two loops, I'd love to run the half there. But the idea of trying to run two loops, it just, nah, not my sort of bag, to be honest. But 46 quid to run two loops, nah. And then you're paying the booking fee, but the booking fee is effectively a ballot fee because you have to pay to be in the ballot. And you don't get that money back then? No. You don't get the... You get the deposit back, but not the booking fee, even though you haven't booked anything if you fail. I'm surprised there's a ballot for it. I didn't know it was that popular. Yeah, well, most races are heading that way now, aren't they? I really hope that doesn't happen to Cardiff Half, but I can, I can predict that's going to happen. Wouldn't be at all surprised. It gets sold out months and months and months in advance. But I did like because he tagged Bath Half in this. They did reply on it, just saying thanks for your feedback, which I guess is is better than nothing. There's nothing else they can say. There's no point arguing on Twitter, is there? So, you know, hopefully at least that message is getting back to them a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Leandra Hahn at Leandra underscore V underscore H on Twitter said, I just tried to run home from work with my new running backpack and it bounced so much that I had to stop halfway through and it still rubbed my lower back sore. Serious bullshit. Yeah, like, it's really tricky with running backpacks because you don't know how they're going to behave until you've actually got them and you have you try running in them. You know, I did, I, I think I mentioned on the podcast before, I made the uh, rookie error which was totally my fault. I knew what I was doing of buying a new running backpack and not trying it out before I ran the Vogum. But I was very lucky in the sense that it didn't bounce around. It fit snug as a bug and it was all good. Um, But yeah, I I think running backpacks are one of those things that sometimes you just lose money on them. (laughs) Yeah, but don't you buy shoes without trying them on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything in my running... Shoes is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just buy buy shoes. But bags, oh, you've got to be careful with that. 
I'm telling other people to be careful, but I don't do that either. So, you know, <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have tried on a backpack in a shop before and then run out of the shop and round the shopping centre a little bit. But, yeah. you know, I'm very trustworthy. So I jump okay. up and down a bit. And, yeah, yeah. that's right. Especially if you're... Uh, a smaller lady like I know my backpack I've done it in like the tightest one but if there's nothing if there's not much in it like if I haven't filled mm. up my bladder or anything like that it does bounce a bit so I find that an issue as well if you're a little lady um or a little man I guess it can be tricky to find a bag <laughs> that fits if you're a tiny lady <laughs> well at least Leandra is running home I guess that's good rather than running to yeah. work and having to put up with that all day yeah definitely at I underscore am underscore Vic uh, on Twitter, has come back to us with some more Garmin bullshit. I remember this from before we've talked about this. Garmin's insights. She's saying, mind your own business, Garmin, you grass. And she sent us a screenshot here of an insight. And it says, we're seeing a pattern on Thursdays. And it shows a little graph there of like Thursdays being like fractionally below <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday. And it says, you tend to log fewer steps on Thursday. Even if it's your rest day, boost your step count by taking a short walk, parking farther away or taking the stairs. Just keep moving. Fuck off, Garmin. It's a rest day. Let her have a rest. I love how it's got, was this helpful? I'd be like, no. Not helpful at all, no, I would be hammering the no button on that. Was this helpful? Fuck off, Garmin. God. They are like, so She's still done, by the looks of that, like nearly 10K on that Thursday. And that's like fractionally below the other days. Yeah. I love when it tells me to move at like 8am when I've just, you know, sat down to work or whatever. And it's like, move, 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 move. I'm like, chill. I'm well, going to move work. later. Go away. <laughs> God. So we asked on Facebook, has anyone got any ideas which races they've entered and which ones have been cancelled, deferred, refunded or postponed? There could be three on the same weekend next year or none at all, but we've completely lost track. Yeah, we had to put this out there just because I'm thinking this all the time and I really, I have no idea. I, I think I'm up to date now. I've kind of gone through them a little bit, but because when I went through my calendar, I always got things in my calendar and as they were cancelled, I think I just took them out. Mm. So that means I don't really know which ones I've entered. No, I find as well a lot of um, the the entry, you know, the companies that do like the entries for races, mm. a lot of their emails go into my junk box, despite me saying numerous times, don't put it in my junk box. So I've missed like loads of updates. I think there was a race in Bristol I was supposed to do a few weekends ago. No idea if that was cancelled or not or postponed. I know that the Vo the Vogan was cancelled. I deferred and I sort of forgot about it. But that's why, you know, our club mate ran the route. I had no idea yeah. it was cancelled until she was running it i thought it was still going ahead so <laughs> well done amazing uh, well speaking of loads of updates nicola forward replied she says i've deferred my vmlm place until next october they're being super helpful and emailing me every single day to thank me for doing so exact same email every day sometimes more than once how helpful wonder if it'll last a year i could contact them and try to make it stop now that i have more than 20 copies of the same email but where's the fun in that it's kind of nicely reassuring every time you open your email in the morning. Like, oh, there's another one from the London Marathon. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it'd be quite worrying when, if they ever stop, you'll think, oh, I hope they're okay. I hope the person you have to sends call up, hi, is it? Who's been sending the emails? Yeah, I'm just a bit worried about them. Can someone check they're okay? John Bailey says, I got Wimbledon tickets for the last Friday in the ballot, so agreed to support someone at the Serpent Trail Ultra on Saturday. Now I have to go down south two consecutive weekends next summer well remember to take your sun cream and try not to spend too much time looking at the big buildings yeah. you'll be fine john don't worry <laughs> 
Rob Anthony Smith says, I also have a race that's been converted to a virtual one. Also a virtual London marathon. I was going to run slash walk with club mates, but now I might be locally locked down. Ah, oh, yes, Rob is in filthy Kefili. Uh, in the exclusion zone of Kefili. Uh, also, I can't run anymore due to forgetting how legs work and having the lung capacity of a deflated boots bag jauntily flying down the streets. Which is um, interesting imagery he's added there for no reason at all. That's lovely. You can tell he's from Kefili. <laughs> um, he also recommended uh, in this kind of thread about using a countdown app, which is actually looks quite handy. I've just downloaded it. I'm going to start putting my races into it now. So it just, I think it's just a, a multi-purpose kind of countdown thing, but putting races in there, it does that annoying thing of one month, four weeks, one day, 14 hours until, which is not useful as we know on race websites. But in this respect, you can list all your races coming up in order with the date on them that's quite a handy thing i might try and do that i think just so i can keep a better handle on my races for next year i feel like that would be a good way for me to just organize my life in general i have so many races when when even when things aren't deferred that are coming up i realize in a week because i get an email from the race organizers and i'm like shit i haven't actually trained for this i've totally forgotten i'm doing it so yeah that would be useful. i'm not that bad but things <laughs> do sneak up um if anyone from countdown plus app is listening you know we'll happily take money off you you owe us money now because we've uh, we've mentioned you. Technically, I think that's how it works, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nicola Kelly says, some of them have had over-complex deferral procedures and you have to diarise. Is that a word? Diarise? Mm. Like to, to put something in your diary, to diarise it. Yeah. What? Okay. Diarise it. Hmm. New word. Uh, to diarise the deferral window as well as work out a new date for the actual race. Super organised usually, but this has gone too far and I've given up. Next spring is going to be one big running surprise now. Oh, that's nice. And on a related uh, note there, Gareth Lewis said, I've started moving all the dates in my diary, but now I've given up and we'll just wait until a number turns up in the post. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a way to do it. It's not a good way, but it's it's an approach, certainly. It's the Amy Genders way. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's hear more from Jimmy Watkins. Talk about those videos that you do. Uh, it is interesting. Your head does go to an odd place, it has to be said, when you're listening to them. I mean, I'll drop in a little bit of audio here so people can hear what we mean. Oh, so fast! So fast! It's like the drums and the porridge and the guitars and the honey. And it's all just getting stirred up. Oh, I feel like I'm ready for something, but I don't know where it is. That second song started. It's just like kicking bed sheets off in the morning. I've never felt so ready for the day. Oh, yes! Through the puddle, have it! <laughs> oh. So the setup is you're running with headphones, listening to an album with a GoPro, and yeah. this has become huge for you. Yeah, definitely. It's um uh I've quit my job so I can <laughs> do it. So I can do more of it. Um yeah, it's I can't really explain it because when I did the first one and I edited it, I, I watched it back and it was like to a Spice Girls album. And I thought, there's no way. There's no way that I start, to be honest. <laughs> there's no way that can go online. And I showed it to a friend and he said, just do it. Just do it for online, see what happens. And it just, yeah, like, I don't know. It feels weird because you spend so long trying to write songs to catch people's attentions and stuff. And maybe like two or three people will share it, and then you run around shouting about the Spice Girls having too many flutes on their album, and then it just goes mad. <laughs> and you're like, what's going on? That required minimum effort. I just ran and listened to the Spice Girls, but stuff where I spend a couple of thousand pounds on a studio and months writing gets ignored. But it's the way the world works. 
Yeah, lockdown's an odd time. Anything, <laughs> anything goes, frankly. This would have, yeah, it would have totally fallen flat in his face if it wasn't locked up. Any other time, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm going to need to go back and listen to the Spice Girls one now, but generally, what kind of music are you listening to? Um, it started off only stuff I'd never heard, so that's why the Spice Girls was there, because I did a vote on, I went online, and I googled, like, best debut albums ever, and the Spice Girls was on there, and, yeah, I know, and, and three others. Uh, so I did a vote, and obviously the Spice Girls won. So Democracy never I, wins. I know, I know. So for months, it was all stuff I'd never heard before, mm-hmm. which was cool. But I'm kind of running out of stuff that I've never heard before, or there's certainly stuff that I've never heard before for a reason I'm not interested in hearing mm-hmm. it. So I've started doing things I like, or like artists I like and their new albums, mm-hmm. or things I've read good stuff about. I started doing that, and I've started doing pre-releases so I did like the Idols album before it's out so mm. I don't know it's just gathered momentum and it's drawing stuff towards me so what genres of music are we talking recently um just so people kind of get an idea and a flavor of what is happening in your ears yeah it's mostly rock mm-hmm. it's mostly good stuff to run to so okay. it'd be up stuff um yeah it's it's you know what I've been definitely too many men with guitars and a few people flagged that up online. Someone said, how about you listen to something which isn't meant to have your mind really blown? And I was like, okay, send some recommendations my way. And yeah. I did it. And from that, I did a few like female punk bands, which have been amazing. Um, so yeah, it's like, don't blame me. It's just the stuff that people are recommending. It's like, yeah. I'll be listening to anything. And, um, but it's mostly upbeat stuff I run in and it tends to have guitars. Okay. Uh, is there yeah. such a thing as the best music to listen to on a run? I think... The best thing to listen to on a run, generally, is something new. I don't know. I, I, I got this thing where any song, I will just associate memories or something to it. So if I start running into stuff I know, I'll just start slowing down because I'll be like, oh, my God, yeah, I remember listening to this once when I cooked the paella. And then I start thinking, <laughs> what, like, what goes in a paella? And then I slow down. <laughs> so I need stuff. I like stuff I've never heard. And yeah, I just, I'm come on, let's go. Let's run all the way through this. It's, it's definitely more about that distraction part of running then, just to take your, take your brain away from the actual running part of it and just think of something else. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. That makes it sound like I don't like running. I do like running. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just something... Ah, right, this is what it is. It makes me feel like I'm racing. Mm-hmm. or I'm in that mindset when I'm racing. So you know when you're racing, you, you're thinking about nothing else other than the race, yeah. pretty much. Mm-hmm. And when I'm listening to something new, I'm thinking about nothing else other than the music. Mm. So I kind of just get everything out of my head, and it just makes me feel like I'm in a racing state of mind. It makes sense right. to me. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. Um, you have, I guess last year, obviously not this year, but last year you got back into some races as well. You've been running with the club as well? Yeah, I've... I've live in uh, Clenetri, which you pronounced excellently. Not always the case, but thanks. That's amazing. I've mean, um, been here 13 I, years now, so I should do. <laughs> so, so I moved here four years ago mm-hmm. and uh, started running. Yeah, I started running when I moved here and then I joined Clenetri Athletic Club. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's good, I love it. I guess you were club running back in the day as well does that kind of bring back any of those kind of feelings and that kind of race excitement again nah because that was all on the track and okay was, yeah it, a lot more I serious I guess 
Yeah, a lot more seriously. Um, I don't know. Oh, no, I'm, I'm talking nonsense now because it does. It does. It. I like the team side of it. Yeah, I like yeah. the team photos. Uh, yeah, so it it definitely made me feel like I felt like a bit of um, an idiot running around here training with people and then mm. not racing for the same team as them. So I guess, yeah, it makes you, I don't know, it just makes you feel part of something, which yeah. is nice. So have you got any aims for next year? Any kind of races that you've got in mind or any, any kind of goals you've got? I wouldn't mind reviewing an album doing a race. <laughs> are, you, are you even allowed to do that? A lot of races, probably not. <laughs> you have to find one with a, a lenient headphone policy. Oh, okay. Oh, a park run or something then, maybe. I could do yeah, probably. a good review an album in a park run. Um, a Cardiff I, with 900 people around you. How yeah, many people you piss off as you run past? That'll be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm definitely going to do it. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'd like to run quick over 10 kilometers mm-hmm. i think yeah i think that would, that would be a nice thing to do um i'd like to run a marathon i don't know i whatever whatever yeah. happens i'll I go for it i'm not first that's fine I'm not i don't really have any goals i don't have any running goals just just to keep on doing it yeah keep enjoying it yeah and yeah it's like not even like i don't even dislike people i want to beat or anything it's just i just want to run yeah Cool. And so our final question we ask everyone, what is the most bullshit thing about running? Strava turning the whole world into a golf course. <laughs> it pisses me right off. Like just people becoming king of the hill and stuff on, I don't know. No, I, that's not really a, that's not really a bullshit thing. That's just something unique to me that annoys that's me. That's fine. A lot of people dislike Strava. I, I don't dislike it. I love it because... I genuinely, without Strava, I wouldn't remember how far I'd run the day before. I wouldn't. And I know everyone's like, well, you could write it down, but then I'd write it down and I'd forget where I wrote it down. Write it down with your hand? Ugh, gross. (laughs) I know. Come on. Um, I don't dislike Strava. I actually really like Strava. Okay. Which is, I don't know. I I know lots of people who hate it. I, I think the most bullshit thing about running is track and field athletics. Yeah. It's like you took running, which is like a really exciting, pure thing, and then you just made it into an office job. You just gave it loads of admin, and it's like you stay in this lane until that flag, and then it's like bullshit. Back and field. There's a lot of, I guess, like you said back at the beginning, there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of rules, yeah. And you there's a lot go, of rules. Yeah. But saying that, if my son wanted to be an 800 meter runner, I'd fully encourage it. Hmm. So then I, I'd be the most bullshit thing about running. Oh my God, I am the most bullshit thing about running. <laughs> Well, there, well, there we it's go. Me. We've got to leave it there then. <laughs> Jimmy, thank you so much. Hopefully, I'll be able to see you down at uh, Running Punks. Uh, you're based in Cardiff. Actually, quickly, can you just give us a quick uh, details of where you meet and what happens for anyone locally that wants to get involved? Yeah, we meet in Cardiff. We usually meet at a place called Music Box Studios on Penarth Road. It's a recording studio which my friend owns. Um, if we don't meet there, we'll meet in the woods somewhere. You'd have to come smell us. Yeah. Um, and it's Sunday morning at half past eight. Cool. Thank you very much. Go, go and meet Jimmy in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> the most bullshit thing about running. And we will eventually get around to having a run with Jimmy and the running punks. I mean, you've already got a t-shirt. 
I've got. I was really disappointed that I had to miss the interview because of my uh, my super cold that came along. Um, but I do have one of the t-shirts. I've never been to one of those runs, and I felt like a bit of a fake. Although part of it is like online anyway. But I kept seeing this stuff on uh, on Twitter and Instagram being promoted. And they've got some really cool tie dye t-shirts. So I've got. The you food. love a bit of tie dye. Oh, and you know what? Compared to like a lot of running gear, they're not that expensive. I think it was like eighteen quid for a tie, including postage for like this tie dye t-shirt. And I was like, oh, that's really actually cool. Um, so yeah, and I listen to their playlists on Spotify, which I think basically makes me a club member. Um, if you're into yeah, that much. sort of music, you know, punk sort of music, they've got a, some really great playlists on Spotify that I enjoy listening to. So yeah, I, I think their gear is really cool. I just like the gear really. <laughs> what it's all about. Well, speaking of that, Amy, good segue. On the next <laughs> podcast, we'll be talking all about music and running. That's right. We're being organized and telling you what the next one is going to be about. Isn't that incredible? Uh, inevitably, we'll be talking about our own like terrible taste in music. And we want to hear what you listen to and whether it changes for different types of run, how much of a difference it really makes and just all of that other music and running stuff. And of course, if you're one of those people that are really against wearing headphones and very angry about that, let us know that as well. Send us your rants about why yeah, we shouldn't be wearing headphones ever at all. <laughs> That'd be terrific. <laughs> um, we also want you to give us one song, just one, no more, just one, to add to our Running Is BS playlist. So get in touch in the usual ways, Twitter, Facebook, email with your song and to tell us about running with music and whether it is or indeed isn't bullshit. Yeah, any obvious troll choices will not be included. Uh, they will be. <laughs> Don't tell them that. Come on. They will be. Send a contrary uh, audience enough as it is. That's going to be an amazing playlist. We'll have the theme from Crossroads. We'll have all sorts of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, speaking of music, uh, musical excellence and all those things. It's Could the... you put like a punk slant on this? Bullshit running news. Ah! <laughs> That hurt, that hurt my um, throat. <laughs> take a little time to recover. Um, kind of the big news in the last few weeks is something we will absolutely not be talking about, and that's the return of Parkrun. That's a whole thing we don't want to get into. People are very angry. People are very supportive. It's all kinds of things going on. Uh, listen to With Me Now or Free Weekly Time for actual proper grown-up debate and information. Uh, but meanwhile, the Ultra Runners are on the loose once more. Watch out. Lock up your children. Lock your doors. The Ultra Runners could be anywhere anywhere they're hundreds of miles across the country from where they should be uh, so we've got a whole bunch of record breakers for you again all courtesy of our favorite website runners world uh, first of all tony riddle has done the uk three peaks challenge in record time of nine days seven hours and 18 minutes so unlike most three peakers he didn't get a minibus between each peak he ran the whole damn thing which is nuts uh, just to make it more fun, he did each actual peak barefoot and then did the 400 miles in between in barefoot shoes. The best quote is, the tarmac became quite brutal in a way when it gets wet, it has this cheese grater effect on the feet. Mm. So it starts to wear away the pads of the feet. Gross. <laughs> Amazing. Well done. I mean, That's nuts. I, I was looking at it, oh, is this like a barefoot record? No, this is the actual record. And he did it barefoot. That's mostly. insane. And with, while ripping the soles of his feet off. Yeah. Cheese grater effect is not something you want on your feet. Definitely not. Next up, Ken Taylor has broken the over 70s record for the Joss Naylor Lakeland Challenge. And that covers 30 peaks in the Lake District over 48 miles and about 17,000 feet of elevation. Ken did it in 14 hours and 22 minutes. And another fun kicker for this story, he did wear shoes, but he doesn't have a stomach. 
What? <laughs> Runner's World. They just like slipped this in halfway down the page. But fucking hell. Um, so he had, uh, I think he had uh, stomach cancer and it was removed. So he can't load up on like the normal stodgy food you would before a big thing. So he has to rely on like thin soup and porridge and flapjacks. Presumably almost constantly. I'm going to have to look this up because I didn't know that you could just not have a stomach. I've heard of people having... I don't think it's recommended. No, no. I've heard of people having like parts of their stomach removed, so it's smaller. Um, But I didn't know you could survive without stomach. I thought that was a necessary organ. Pretty much. But I guess perhaps it's just very, very small or what he has to eat has to be extremely quickly digestible. So he must have been eating constantly, just like sipping away on soup, running up all these mountains. I'm going to have to look this this guy up because this is really interesting. The fact that, you know, he's done this and he doesn't have a stomach. That's insane. I I said, this was just like slipped in halfway down the article and talking about a bit about his story. I'm like, that should be in the headline. Come on. Unless, Unless he's just a big deal we've never heard of. But... Good on you, Ken. That's incredible. Definitely. I suppose it make well, maybe it might make it worse, like getting the runner's runners trots. I don't know how you navigate that without a stomach. Jesus, that's insane. Um, but it's not just the ultra runners. The milers are at it too. God, the milers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why I slipped that in. Uh, there are new records for over 60s men. So Dan King in 4 minutes 49 seconds, which is nuts for over 60s. Um, a new backwards record of 5 minutes 30 seconds by Aaron Yoder. Um, and Whitney Orton ran a four-minute, 58-mile while also dribbling a basketball. These make me sick because I can't get a mile in under six minutes. So, you know. I thought you were going to say you can't dribble a basketball. I can't. No, I can't do that either. So. <laughs> no, no, probably not. Uh, yes, there was a race. There's Whitney Orton and someone else. Um, they went out to try and break this record, both of them dribbling a basketball. And it's just... It's a really bizarre sight to see these two women just bouncing basketball and just running that quick. It's incredible. Uh, the final slightly weird one, I don't I don't quite get this. It's the world record for the most consecutive half marathons. Trish Eckstein has run 82 in 82 days at the time of writing and all under two hours, which itself is a bit bonkers. But the thing I find weird is like we've spoken to Ben Smith and he ran about 250 full marathons consecutively. So surely he's run 250 consecutive half marathons as well. I don't understand why half marathons is like a separate record. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's unimpressive. It's 82 half marathons in a row, but people have run hundreds of marathons in a row. So I don't understand why it's a record. Were they official half marathons? Or just well, no, they won't be like proper races, but yeah. I guess she'll have covered the distance. I mean, because... she's covered each of them in under two hours as well, which is just really annoying. That's insane. But I was thinking this when I saw 82 and 82 days, and this is not, I mean, I could no way ever do anything like this. I'm sure it's beyond the realms of possibilities for a lot of people. But considering the, the records there are with marathons, I would have thought somebody would have surpassed this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a, I guess because people don't think of it to do because you mm. think that a marathon a day is a more, yeah. I don't know, it seems like a, a, a better challenge in a way. I mean, obviously it's, mm. it's a longer challenge, but to do half marathons is really odd. But I just don't understand how it's a world record when someone has run more mm. because he didn't stop halfway. Actually, he did stop halfway a lot of time by the sound of it. He stopped in pubs and things. So I don't know, perhaps, way, that, perhaps she, yeah. she ran it the whole thing and yeah. I don't know. The only thing I could think of was, and it'd be difficult to do this if it was official half marathons, but I don't know how you'd find official half marathons every day. No. That's a half marathon on a Tuesday, no. 
No. <laughs> so that's strange, but there's all kinds of records still because everyone's bored. But there are races coming back now, at least, and there seem to be people doing some actual races nowadays, which is really nice. So, Stuart, what's next? What's next on the agenda? Uh, I think I'm going to have to say the last, same as last time and just, just nothing, really. Dog walks. I mean, I mean, I literally looked at my calendar now, and the next two weeks are blank. Yeah. So, same. so that's it. Nothing for me. Same for you, I guess. Yeah, you know what I'm really missing is like traveling abroad and going running. You know, like that would be nice. I used to travel a lot for work, and I just miss going to these places and going for runs in a totally different country. I mean, obviously we're we're free to travel around the UK and go running places, but I just miss Ish. going to yeah, kind of. And at the moment, at the time of recording, we are. Um, but I just miss going to different countries and going for a run, you know? Mm. I miss that. But, yeah, so not much is going on for me oh, either. Maybe at some point sad. I'll go out for a run with the dog again when I'm feeling brave enough. But, that'd be nice. Yeah, I've been doing some more longer runs again recently, and that's mm. been really good fun. Oh, I mentioned that as well. I know uh, friends who went and did uh, a section of the Wales Coast Path, and they did 20 miles, but they did it as a 10-mile out and back, and it was way hillier than anything they'd ever done. Um and I just can't imagine doing 10 miles out on a really hard path and then like, oh, shit, we've got to go back. No. I mean, because it can be hard enough anyway. And when they're, I don't think they're really not used to trail running either. So uh, that was a hard run for them. And I think that's really put them off forever now. <laughs> yeah, I think those sort of long runs, especially if it's trails, because I prefer circular routes for trails. Because if you're going over something like a really difficult bit, especially if it's one of those parts of the trail where you've got to like stop and clamber over things and fear yeah. for your life, the last thing you want to do is think, shit, I can't come back this way. <laughs> yeah, when you run for a mile down a hill, they oh, this is amazing. Oh, shit, I've got to run back up this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, plan ahead, get the bus, get a train, get to one end and run back to your car. It's the best oh, way. They're the best ones where you're like running home sort of thing. That's, that's good motivation. And a final shout out now to our Patreon $1 donors. <gasps> Paul, Anthony, Victoria, Louise, Larry, Len, Charlie, Chris, Matt, Mawena, Matt, Jonathan, Angela, Harry, Elizabeth, John, Steph, Richard and Matt. Hey. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please visit www.runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue as well as links to our Patreon, merch store and social medias. Speak to you next time. All about music. Yay. Bye. I'll see you later. Fuck off, Garmin. <laughs>